Welcome to the Two Wealth Show, a show that shares how you can create real wealth for you and your family. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Bogard, and my co-host is Elizabeth Sickles, aka Super E. I am a real estate note investor specializing in performing residential real estate debt. I find the deals, acquire them for my own portfolio, as well as educate investors while walking them through the process of owning a real estate note. My co-host Super E, a real estate investor, specializing in short-term rentals and the management of them. She connects investors with short-term tenants and manages everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. You can find out more information by visiting our websites at brightpathnotes.com and elizabethmayora.com. So welcome to the Two Well Show, where we teach you all about how to invest for you and for your family. So I'm Elizabeth Sickles. And I'm Justin Bogard. And today we're going to be focused on talking about what's going on today in today's market with real estate and our specific niche businesses and what we're going to look forward to getting into and what the outlook is, is going to be like, you know, in our, our safe projections Mm-hmm. you know, in 2020. Exactly. So the yeah. show is sponsored by Bright Path Notes mm-hmm. and by Elizabeth Mayora. Yep. And you can find us on our websites, brightpathnotes.com and elizabethmayora.com. So, Super E, we had um, a good episode again, number number three. This is number four, episode number four. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about uh, our 2019 accolades and what we look like for 2020, what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of is a good segue into exactly like where what's going on right now, what's going on in, in these businesses, and what does it look like for the future. And so why don't you kind of start off and just tell me where is the short-term rental game at today for EM and, and where is it at in general for everybody? Sure. So overall for this industry, we're at $160 billion. That's it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Globally. We had some big announcements last year with Marriott entering into the short-term oh, yeah. rental space. So they now have 5,000 properties that you can book um, through Marriott that are properties, that are homes and villas, and that's actually what it's called. Um, so the fact that they're in our space is a, a really, um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because they are members of the Hotel Lobby Association, which is extremely powerful. So it's interesting because yeah. they lobby against us, but now they're in our space and in some cities, they're still lobbying against short-term rentals. Huh. So we have a lot of dynamics going on. We have a lot of uh, private money, a lot of institutional money also in the industry. So we have a company over on the West Coast called Casa, they've had over half a billion dollar um, raised in money, or wow. excuse me, in funding, $525 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Their last raise was $319 million. So they manage over 20,000 properties actually all around the world. And what they've done is they're still privately owned, but they will buy up smaller mom and pop property management companies. And that's how they've grown so quickly. I actually got a letter from them last year. No, you did? I did. Yes. Um, so they have, they have a really interesting business model. So a lot of money, we have a lot of software that has entered the game. So technology is huge in the software or excuse me, in the short-term rental market. Yeah. Everything from 
the four-digit codes to get into a property to yeah. virtual concierge service. We use those in our properties where you can talk to Alexa to ask Alexa all kinds of information. Um, yeah, I saw that on one of your social media posts. That was so cool because you were just like, or or you had a card, I think, that displayed like, tell Alexa this information, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know, it's like opens up a new world. Are you scared that Alexa or Amazon's listening in on people <laughs> in your short-term properties? You can now tell them to not to. Um, you can say a certain phrase so that they will not listen to what's going on. What is that phrase? I can't remember right now, but it was actually Google it. Yeah, so we just finished CES, the Sumer Electronics Show. Yeah. And that was one of the big things was actually privacy. And there's a lot of court cases going on right now, too, regarding privacy. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But but in the vacation rental space, too, um, just on the software side, one of the companies we used to use beyond pricing, they do um, – they use algorithms to change your nightly pricing depending on a lot of different variables. They just had a raise. Their last funding round was over $40 million. Oh, Wow. I was at a conference last month in New York City, and the second person I met there at breakfast was a VP at Goldman Sachs. Really? Yes, because they want to know how to play in the vacation rental industry. Yeah, they're missing out. They are missing out. They're missing out huge time. Yeah, so it's huge, yeah. you know, institutional money as well as a lot of a lot of smaller money, as well. So we're we've really seen the growth in this market. Um, Airbnb has is going to be going IPO this year. That's one of the most anticipated IPOs. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see what ends up happening with that. Um, pre pre IPO, the shares are selling at one hundred and seventy five dollars per share which is very high um, right out of the gate. Yeah, so, it seems high. Uh, um, yes. I mean, I'm not a stockbroker by any means, but it does seem high. It's, it's, I was thinking a penny, maybe two pennies. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Would, they would all be sold. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a really it's a exciting time to be in the vacation rental industry for sure. You know, lots of big numbers, lots of big things going on. Um, we have a lot of people that are switching over to renting vacation rentals, short-term rentals. Um, we have, you know, just some challenges within the ind industry itself. There's actually talk about what do we call them because yeah. now we have urban rentals as well. Okay. So what, you know, really what are we doing? Yeah. Um, so, you know, some really, really um, big topics, big things going on. And then if, if we kind of drill down one of the other things that's going on in our industry at least, um, and I'm interested to hear from the note perspective, is on regulations. Mm. So for us here in Indianapolis, our team, we really want to be ahead of any regulations. So we do a lot of safety stuff um, in our properties. There's actually a lawsuit going on right now in um, one of the states um, towards the west where four people um, died in a fire. Oh, um, because there, I think it, don't quote me on this, but I think I'm thinking that there wasn't a fire extinguisher in the property or it wasn't where it was supposed to be, which is just so you know, it's supposed to, fire extinguishers are supposed to be hung on the wall. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be, we're really, we're keeping an eye on all of that stuff. And we just want people to obviously to run safe and ineffective yeah. um, rentals, but that's really regulations are going to be a huge part of where this industry is going and where it's been and where it's going. Yeah, they can be good and they can also be a be a stopping point for you as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so the the note business has had its ongoing battle since Dodd-Frank. Oh. January 10th of 2014 or whatever the exact date was. 
and it put kind of the kibosh on banking uh, part of the business to where the underwriting process and how they originate loans is a lot more stringent and it's less forgiving and it's very, you know, in, in the bottle, so to speak, to where it's like if they don't fit it, you, they don't know what to do with you. So a lot of people can't get homes because they can't get any help from lending, which is where seller financing comes into place because us as private investors, we can have those homes that are that are ours that we sell for investments. We can also carry back the note on that, which makes us the bank. And so Dodd-Frank and the CFPB rules basically say that us as investors can only do three of those a year. Oh, really? With the preface that you have to do third-party underwriting and you have to have everything done in this this type of way because okay. you're considered a business at that point. So before Dodd-Frank, it was unlimited. You could write as many loans as you want as an individual, as an LLC, as multiple LLCs that are a group of or a family of companies. And now you can only do three. And so what we've discovered is that we have a couple of vendors that are underwriters that can actually underwrite in every state and they're they're qualified it's all legal and so we can get around this this issue uh, it costs a little bit of money but it's actually ends up being the right thing to do for the borrower and for you as the investor because then you get a qualified borrower that has a high score so to speak in the ability to repay which is most important because credit score, you know, a lot of people worry about, well, what's their credit score? I'm like, why does it matter? Can they afford to pay is the real question. You know, why does their credit score matter? I don't care if they have a 500 credit score. I really don't. I mean, they can they they show that they can make a payment, mm -hmm. you know. And obviously, you want to have a track record and you'll, you'll look at things. But that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to is you have to have some third parties involved that can help you get the borrower to make sure it's the right borrower, it's the right fit for them with the terms and what's they agreed upon you know, situation there with the interest rate and the payment. How long do they make the payments? And so locally here, they've been putting the, the kibosh on kind of land contracts. And we've gotten uh, some, we, we've been trying to push back on it. And we did a good job of deflecting that bill that kind of came across. And now it's kind of creeping back up, I hear now. And basically, land contracts are kind of bad to write anyways, because you end up just being the deeded owner. And so what we kind of coach and educate people on is like, why have the land contract when you can just create the note and mortgage? You don't have to worry about these laws that they're creating with land contracts. You just create the note and mortgage and you're the bank anyways. And it's all legal. You go through underwriting. You can go through all the, This is one of the services that we provide, but people can do this on their own as well. And they can go through one of their loan servicers to do this sometimes. And so we found a way, not way around it, we found the right way to do it, and we found a way that we're compliant with all the laws and rules and regulations, and that's how you do it. So if you do have a land contract, the good news is you can actually still convert that to a note and mortgage. Mm -hmm. uh, it really is an agreement between you, the seller, or the bank, and the borrower. It doesn't matter who's on the outside looking in. It's what does the borrower and the seller agree to? And they can renegotiate terms at any point, and that's that's what's beautiful about it is that you know, you just offer it up to the borrower and say, you know, would you like to be the deeded owner? This is going to be a note and mortgage. I'm going to step away, you know, and be have less liability here and, and less, you know, not be on the deed pretty much because mm -hmm. you get tax liens.
you get weed liens, you get code enforcement violations. All that stuff goes to the deeded, the one on the record, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of my spiel on regulations with land contracts and note mortgages. And it's at a federal level. Okay. With the Seller Finance Coalition that we have, they're fighting it through Senate and through House to try to get that bill amended to where they'll allow 24 transactions in a year without having to go through the underwriting and stuff. Oh, wow. So instead of three, yeah, 24. Wow, that's so, a significant Yeah, difference. it's a significant jump. And they're not, you know, the right way to do it, obviously, is to go through underwriting if you're going to do several of them. That's just the right way to do it because mm -hmm. you are trying to make a business out of it. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're trying to do as a seller finance coalition mm -hmm. um, is to get that bill amended. So that's kind of our big regulation right now. Okay. So what's going down in the market now for the note space is exactly that, seller financing. We find that real estate has been at the top of the market for a while now. It's still there in certain pockets. It may be dipping. It may be climbing. But overall, in general, it's kind of right there at the top. It may be rising just a little bit or flattening out. And so now is the time that we discover that having the seller carry back the financing is actually a very strong play right now. So... Banks are just not lending after a certain amount, like usually around eighty or hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and um, sometimes the valuations are are too high, or the bank's valuations come in lower than the purchase pricing. And this is where seller financing can be kind of strong. So as long as people have a sizable down payment, like you know fifteen twenty percent down, that's a pretty good chunk for these you know seventy eighty hundred hundred twenty hundred thirty thousand dollar homes that you're selling for, that you can get you know sizable down payments so they show emotional equity mm -hmm. they have actual equity in the house instead of putting down five hundred dollars and so it just becomes a real nice situation so seller financing is really hot right now and that's what we're showing people how to do it and how they can capitalize on their real estate and not have to pay all the capital gains at once and they can just slowly pay it and so it ends up being a longer play but it ends up making you wealthier hence the two wealth show <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Can you do notes overseas? Can you do international notes? Well, I'm sure that you can, but I I don't. I don't know how it works. I'm sure in a different country they have different laws. We've had people that invest over here in the U.S. from other countries, and they and they kind of tell me that the note business is not really a business in the other countries, okay. as it is in our country. We're always trading paper. So um, that's a great question. I don't have an answer for you, but... I would be interested to know. So maybe I can talk to some of our international investors and find out what is it like to have a note in that country. Overseas. Yeah. And most cultures are different than us. I mean, you know, us Americans, we want debt. And other countries don't want debt at all. So they, they strive to, to create uh, cash investments, right? They mm -hmm. want to pay off all their debt. They don't want any debt. And we want all the debt. Yeah. So. Uh, speaking of other other countries and kind of how they do finances and stuff there. I just read an article this morning on a new kind of industry in tech is the whole banking because different okay. religions have different way they look at finances. Like Muslims will not accept interest. So now, really? yeah, they have wow. startups. Yeah. Um, they have startups now that are these banking um, startup apps. Okay. So that if you put $100,000 in there, you're not going to get the you know, 1% interest yeah. that, that you get if you put it into a, a normal bank. So it's a very wow. hot tech area. Uh, so it's creating these religious um, banks and other things. So 
I had no idea. Is that interesting? That is very interesting. So, uh, and so just kind of going into as well, like where we're going in the vacation <clears throat> rental space is much more into the professionally managed areas. So um, we still see a lot of mom and pop and some of them do a, a great job at it. But we also have people that they just throw, literally throw properties up on the listing. So, wow. um, so I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that just as customer demand, customer rev reviews um, are going to, they're going to dictate that number one. Um, and then two, just on kind of the regulation side as well, things that are going to have to be required in these properties and of the property management company. Yeah. So we see a, a big difference coming up. It, it's not going to be a, a real immediate one, but definitely within the next three to five years, there's going to be a huge divergence um, in the industry because of that. Do you feel like the price point that you can get for a daily rental is going to kind of stay the same, or do you feel like it's going up, or does it depend on the market and the geographic area? I think it'll go up. I was anticipating that answer, but, you know, you don't know. Yeah, no, it's going to go up. And one of the things, too, it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, we do a lot, a lot of education here. And so some of the other companies, like as soon as I found out that fire extinguishers actually need to be mounted because all of ours were under kitchen sinks. Oh, yeah. I just I thought that's where yeah. they went. Um, and so I let the other hosts that I know around here and then yeah. we also did some social media on it. And so that's it's an expense. Right. So when other companies have yeah. the same type of expenses that you have, things, everything has to go up. Right. Yeah. So and customers don't mind paying that additional pricing because they have the, the property that's fully ready for them. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would want when I'm vacationing. Right. Um, absolutely. So, <laughs> where's that fire extinguisher at? <laughs> now I'm thinking about the Airbnbs that I've stayed at. Where has this fire extinguisher been? So I don't know if it's been readily available on a wall. But I haven't stayed in any in, in Indiana. There have okay. been other states. Okay. So it wasn't one of your properties. <laughs> <laughs> but in and in your note space, where do you see things going for for here in the states? Well, like I said before, I'm, I'm preaching on seller financing. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just really really a good fit right now. People need the financing, and the sellers need should consider carrying the financing for the borrower. It's just a great way to build your bank. Because you don't have to keep the note forever, right? Mm -hmm. You can sell the note, and that's what's cool about it. You just treat it just like real estate, except you're on a different side of real estate. You're just in the paper part of it. So you could even have a client yeah. that sells the property. You write the note for them, yep. right? Or or they stay on, and then they say, hey, Justin, we've had this for a couple of years, and we want to sell it. So then you could find somebody to buy yeah. that note, right? That, so that's what, yeah, we've, we've definitely built a database of people that buy and sell. And we like we like to you know kind of marry the two together. Mm -hmm. So if someone's looking to sell their loan, either you know we could be an opportunity uh, investor to buy it, or one of our investors that we work with already may be a person that can buy it as well. So note space is cool. That's awesome. Yep. Definitely yeah. some fun things coming up in in both of our industries. Yeah. Um, especially you know we have an election year. Um, so That's right, it is election year. <laughs> so it's going to be big um, in, in several different ways. So we're, we're excited for the outlook of the vacation rental industry. Um, we do think rates are going to go higher. Yeah. I'm a big advocate. It's one of the things um, that my team and I are also advocating for this year is for people to raise their rates. Um, it just it helps, yeah. helps everybody. So <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's like the reverse of rent control. Exactly. It's like rate control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. So. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this episode. This is episode number four of the Two Wealth Show. Uh, I'm Justin Bogard. And I'm Elizabeth Mayor Sickles, a.k.a. Super E. Super E, baby. <laughs> and we're sponsored by Bright Path Notes. You can reach them at brightpathnotes.com and Elizabeth Mayora, which is elizabethmayora.com. So until episode five, um, see you later. Thank you. The Two Wealth Show is produced by Justin Bogard and Super E, sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. Thanks for listening and watching for our show. 